Welcome to the latest podcast from Registers of Scotland featuring David Henderson, Managing Director of Ordnance Survey GB and myself, Kenny Crawford, Business Development Director at Registers of Scotland. Have you ever bought or sold a house, inquired about your property's boundaries or read a news article about house price trends? Then you'll have come into contact with Registers of Scotland. We compile and maintain 20 public registers, including Scotland's Land Register, and we are experts in land and property information as most of the analysis published comes from our source data. From the app on your smartphone to the GPS in your car and the well-thumbed dog-eared road atlas on your bookshelf, maps are a critical part of life. In the UK, whether you're getting from A to B, rambling through the countryside or bagging that last Monroe, the mapping data you rely on is provided by Ordnance Survey. For over 200 years, Ordnance Survey has mapped the British Isles in times of peace, war and intense technological change and as such been an integral part of British past, present and future. Ordnance Survey is also central to the work we do here at Registers of Scotland. We use OS data for mapping title plans on the land register and also to provide visual data to both professional and public users of Scotless, Scotland's land information service. With our activities so closely aligned, I'm pleased to welcome a very special guest to this edition of our podcast series. I'm joined by David Henderson, Managing Director of Ordnance Survey GB. Today we'll talk about the reliance each of our organisations have on each other, including the history of Registers of Scotland and Ordnance Survey and the impact of new technology. Welcome David, I'm delighted that you could join us today. Kenny, thanks very much. It's uh, a real pleasure to be here with you this afternoon. David, as a starting point, can you tell us a bit more about Ordnance Survey, its history and the work it does? Oh goodness, Kenny. So uh, Ordnance Survey have had a really long history, um, as you already said, but particularly so with Scotland. Um, From William Roy, the Scottish innovator and surveyor, he was really influential in the creation of Ordnance Survey back in 1791. William Roy changed the face of mapping and surveying the Roy map of Scotland was the original blueprint to how OS maps have really been made uh, for much of the last 228 years. Um, And really ever since that time, uh, we've helped to maintain uh, British Isles, uh, Great Britain, as probably one of the best mapped nations in the world, uh, underpinning 5,000 user organisations in government today, um, ubiquitously known across Great Britain as uh, many times a, a national treasure in terms of the, the paper mapping we produce. And, and today uh, we're rapidly becoming a technology business, a data and technology business, which um, is known by many of the, the world's biggest technology brands. Um, our work today predominantly focuses around maintaining the master map of Great Britain um, not just the, the product itself, but the, the underpinning data that makes up uh, the most definitive data set that describes the geography of Great Britain. Our surveyors, um, our production processes uh, see around about 20,000 changes a day being made to the master map. Um, consumers see that um, through a whole range of different um, products. So the, the data that underpins the land register is just perhaps part of that, um, but also just in terms of the consumer um, offerings that, that that we offer directly to the market. I mean, I guess today, um, other than just the production processes that sit behind Ordnance Survey, our, our biggest uh, focus is making sure that we remain fit for future um, as a technology business. 
um, and we're working hard to innovate and um, probably the hardest we've ever innovated in our 228 years of history but working really hard to, to innovate both in terms of production processes uh, to enable us to collect data um, in, a, in ways that we haven't done before so um, perhaps we can talk later about um, our initiative called Astigan, um, a high altitude platform with sensor to, to collect data um, from 67,000 feet. Um, we're also working with Intel to collect data um, in the, the, the road environment um, from automatically um, sensing um, features in the, in the built environment. So a whole range of different sort of activities today to ensure that we remain just as fit for future um, as we have done over the last 228 years. David, most people will recognise Ordnance Survey by the paper maps we all have sitting on our bookshelves. But that's not the only consumer offering you have, I'm sure. Yeah, that's right. Um, and actually, most weekends, those paper maps come up from my bookshelf and underpin how I spend the weekends, Kenny. Um, you're right. I mean, the, if there was one thing that really, or two things that really um, epitomised the Ordnance Survey brand today, it's the the national series of Land Ranger and Explorer um, mapping, the, the pink and orange maps that you see on, on bookshelves throughout the country. And of course, those in themselves are, are being radically transformed. The, the generation in which we're living now, um, we, um, we're, we're moving all of our outdoor leisure experiences onto digital platforms, as you'd expect. So today, we have 3 million users using our OS Maps. Um, app um, to engage with that mapping as well as the the paper mapping series themselves and in amongst the OS Maps platform are 2.4 million user generated uh, routes or walks hikes um, that we've um, been able to to um, to develop in conjunction with our user base so to together those are beginning to allow us to offer outdoor experiences um, rather than just simply um, a map product one of the things we've probably been proudest about as an organisation in the last few years is the, the development of our Get Outside campaign, um, a social media initiative to, to enable others um, to, to enjoy the outside and to, um, to engage um, in, the, uh, in the outside for a whole variety of um, good reasons, not least um, to enhance well-being um, and to, to enable others to, to be able to enjoy the great outside um, safely, securely. And, and with the right tools available to them. And today we've been able to inspire 5 million people to, to get outside as a direct result of the, the Get Outside campaign. So the consumer business is still really important to us, but far more than um, just simply the, the paper mapping series by which we're probably best known. It's interesting how technology is changing both our businesses from what were very much paper-based organisations into digital organisations. So how do you see data being made available to the wider public and the potential in this space? So I think that's a really interesting question. I think, um, you know, data, um, there's all sorts of analogies you can use. I, I, I don't particularly like referring to data as the, as the new oil, but I've just, I've just done it immediately, I guess. But, you know, there is something really important about the way that data itself is, is changing our world. It, it informs all matter of decision making, whether that's you and I as citizens or whether it's government departments, um, the, the world's biggest businesses or you know, some of the smaller um, enterprises that are trying to, to start up and create new value in the economy today. So it's absolutely the case that, that data um, is giving our world, um, and when I say our world in that regard, I mean our, our business, a whole new lease of life in terms of um, the, the, um, the, the offer that we make to the market. Um, 
And I think the, the way in which we describe Britain is moving from a map-based view of the world to a data-based view of the world, one which describes as much the interactions which are happening in the geography of Great Britain um, than simply um, the way it looks today. And by making that available through a whole range of um, services, um, those could be consumer platforms or professional um, service platforms like um, you've built here at Register Scotland, um, it's certainly transforming the, the nature of the value that we can offer into the market, Kenny. It's the, 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 the opportunity is huge. So David, while on the subject of technology and open data, let's talk about one of our latest collaborations, Geovation. We've recently announced Geovation Scotland, which follows the work of Geovation London. Can you tell us a bit about the project and what you hope Geovation Scotland will achieve? Uh, great, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so Geovation has a, a history which goes back just over 10 years now. And I think at the time, we'd really started to recognise that whilst we could have the most authoritative, well-maintained, high-quality um, data, which, if you like, is uh, the hallmark of and well, indeed both of our businesses, um, you needed to do more than that in terms of supporting the market to make best use of those data sets. And when I say the market, we're particularly observing that a whole new generation of startups and developers um, were beginning to explore how to use location-based data in the development of either new apps, new services, and new products downstream. And we, we wanted to ensure that we weren't just publishing data sets and making that data available, um, but that we were also doing the right things to stimulate the market and to ensure that, if you like, the market conditions were set whereby um, these folks were, were supported um, in the right way, which was really the history behind um, Geovation. So we we launched uh, Geovation, as I say, just around 10 years ago, um, running a number of challenges, um, which were um, supported challenges, so um, encouraging um, projects and initiatives which sought to use um, geospatial data um, in new ways. And, and around about 2015, that um, gave birth to the to the launch of the, the Geovation Accelerator program um, and the hub concept um, that we now have running um, in London and that we've been talking to yourselves about here in, here in Edinburgh. So um, Geovation itself takes into uh, two intakes a year into our accelerator program. Um, we run a, a prop tech um, accelerator program and a, and a geotech um, accelerator program, if you like. So a mix between um, accelerators focused on the land and property sector and that focused more generally on geospatial activities. Um, certainly over the last number of years um, we've supported around 91 companies um, through the accelerator programs. Those companies have gone on to secure um, just over £26 million worth of additional startup funding, um, hundreds of new jobs created um, and at the hub in London we've created a, a brand new user community um, of just over 1,600 members um, who are interested in how to um, take geospatial technologies further uh, and apply that to, to new ventures. So as, as, as we've been talking um, more recently between our own organisations, we're really excited to, to be working with yourselves, um, with Scottish Government, to look at how we can bring the Geovation concept initiative to Edinburgh. Um, we think that um, certainly it's something which we'd very uh, much welcome the opportunity to do in terms of launching an accelerator program um, directly with um, with registers. And we also see the opportunity to build a, a community 
um, of geospatial innovators um, here in Edinburgh to, to really um, take the initiative further um, as part of the, the national government offering here in Scotland. Great. It's something that we at Registers of Scotland are really excited about and the potential for the future. OS work with geospatial organisations across the UK. Are there any differences or challenges in mapping Scotland compared with the rest of the UK? Yes and no, I guess, is the, the simple answer to that question. So, I mean, let's deal with the, the challenges straight up, if you like. Um, 32% of our geography is in Scotland, um, so it's by no means a, a small part of uh, of the task of, of maintaining the master map of, of Great Britain. And it has some unique challenges, um, not least the, the diverse nature of the geography. Um, so, if you like, in really simple terms, as sometimes you might express it as a lot less change um, per unit of the geography that, that occurs across geography, so it, it presents some real logistical challenges for our um, for our field surveying teams to make sure that um, we're able to stay on top of um, change that happens across that very um, diverse geography. And of course the challenging weather conditions <laughs> limits um, the ease of us being able to, to acquire aerial photography, by which, um, which is the method, if you like, that a lot of our um, revision activities are undertaken. Um, but thereafter, actually, um, you know, Scotland is um, very much the same as, as, as the rest of our um, user base across Great Britain. It's certainly true that from a government perspective, um, the environmental aspects of the Scottish geography and Scottish policies um, perhaps um, have a greater influence. Um, a good example is that the work we've been doing with Scottish Government over the last few years to look at um, the, the dynamic coastline and how um, coastal geographies are changing, and that's something which probably matters more in a, in a Scottish context, so the use cases are a little bit different. And, and it's certainly true to say that Register Scotland have a, a unique approach to, to land registration, which bonds our organisation um, very closely together. But actually, thereafter, the use cases are very similar, um, sort of national security, resilience, the land and property sector, asset management, and of course, environmental protection, regulation and monitoring are all use cases which we serve um, pretty much the same throughout the whole of Great Britain. So moving away from differences and back to collaboration, both registers of Scotland and OS work closely with organisations both across Europe and globally. Why do you think this collaboration is so important and what potential does it hold? So you could say mapping Scotland was a, a task in its own right um, and of course you'd be, you'd be right in doing so and, and mapping Great Britain is obviously something that um, spends um, or causes to spend a lot of our attentions doing but it's also now recognizing that um, you know global data sets exist we're all part of um, not just an international but a, a global data set in, in one way or another and I think when I spend quite a lot of time internationally with our European counterparts um, so mapping and cadastral agencies um, across Europe we're both members of of Eurogeographics the the association that bonds of other organizations together across Europe um, but I also spend time um, as part of my role at the United Nations, um, representing the UK on uh, a committee of um, experts looking at global geographic information management. And I think what, I al what always strikes me is just how humbling, um, if you like, and uh, the, the UK experiences are in that regard. What we take perhaps a little bit for granted um, here in the UK is not something that um, the rest of the world can often um, uh, experience in the same way and that cuts to the core of um, any organised society and just if you like how important um, geographic information and land administration and cadaster um, are in those regards. So the international um, 
mapping efforts are essential to dealing with climate change, environmental protection, security, resilient, and of course, big initiatives like the UN Sustainable Development Goals and working towards 2030. So there are many things which you know our organisations um, uh, need to time see yourself in an, in an international context. Of course, that comes with opportunity to present, if you like, the our experiences and expertise on a global stage. Um, and that's an important part of our Ordnance Survey business now um, in terms of our international growth strategies and uh, the products and services that we're offering internationally as, as well as um, as well as domestically. But I think you know these things are always two-way. Um, so we often find ourselves learning from the international experiences as much as we do advising and, and perhaps sharing some of our experiences here. Um, but it's a, it's as I say at the start, it's a, it's an international business um, mapping now, and I think, you know, we find our own data, um, our ordnance survey data, um, some of our our data sets are made available as open data. Um, that data finds itself into um, many of the the international data sets that that consumers use today on on a variety of international platforms. And finally, let's look to the future. What do you see as the next steps for geospatial data in general? and for OS in particular? Um, so I'm really excited about, about this time. Um, it, it's, it, it's beginning to feel like at no time in our history um, has the value of location data, mapping, um, been as a perhaps important as it is now. It's absolutely true to, to reflect on the fact we're, we're living in what's kind of being referred to in some parts as a, as a geospatial moment, if you like. Um, whether that's from a, a leisure perspective uh, for the consumer, uh, whether that's economic, uh, safety, environmental types of um, applications, however you view kind of societal outcomes, it's, it's true to say that the, the impact and the awareness of what location data can do and does do um, has, never been, uh, has never been greater. Um, I think we're probably collectively working, and I observe at Register Scotland are doing exactly the same thing, is that um, we're having to work ever harder to, to meet the needs of our users and user expectations. I think we're all digital consumers now, um, and we bring that the, the expectation of being a digital consumer into our professional work. And so, you know, it's not as simple as just publishing data sets or, or just making maps or, or titles available. Uh, we have to really think about the user experience that we're trying to offer um, and to work really hard to be a a data provider um, and, a, and a world-class data organisation uh, as part of that transformation. So, you know, exciting times lie ahead. I think in the UK, the, the advent of the Geospatial Commission, um, which was a Cabinet Office initiative to provide real policy leadership to geospatial activities um, across, but also enabled by UK government, is a really significant uh, moment uh, as part of our wider transformation. It's something which for both of our organisations, I think, is 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 a big a big demonstration of the opportunity that presents ourselves uh, going forward. David, it's been great to have this discussion with you and hear the parallels between our organisations. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, you're very welcome. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you for listening to Registers of Scotland's podcast. Make sure to rate us or leave a comment if you have enjoyed our podcast today. And remember to check in with our social media channels for regular updates or visit our website at ros.gov.uk. We'll be back soon with our next instalment. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.